This is the Out of Time Film Podcast, where your hosts, Tom and John, discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Welcome to the Alstein Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host John. And this week, we're talking about 2023's The Little Mermaid. Yay! Yeah, this was a surprising one, don't you think, Tom? Like, you know, yeah. we've been through so so many remakes, <laughs> like the Pinocchio remake oh, that we yeah. just recently talked about. But yeah, this one was a surprise. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, as you say, we did Pinocchio, we did Mulan, and obviously before that, there's there's been a ton of these, and it really is just diminishing returns each time. And I wasn't expecting anything from this one. But yeah, I agree with you. This was kind of surprisingly great. Um, So full spoilers ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Little Mermaid, briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. The youngest of King Trion's daughters. Ariel is a beautiful and spirited young mermaid with a thirst for adventure. Longing to find out about the world beyond the sea, Ariel visits the surface and falls for the dashing Prince Eric. Following her heart, she makes a deal with the evil sea witch Ursula to explore life on land. Fantastic. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, we've already got into a little bit, but let's talk in depth. I-, I think first thing that we have to say is Halle Bailey as Ariel is top tier casting. Yeah. For the most part, you know, the Disney live action remake canon, <laughs> if you want to call it that, they do pretty well on their castings, I would say. Yeah. Obviously, there are some times when it, you know, they really kind of uh, miss. But for the most part, I think we got some really, really good live action. And I think this performance that she gives, the emotion that she gives, and you know, her likability, her charisma, and her singing talent—holy crap, she is just incredible! I yeah. would say that she kind of surpasses every single one of the other live action Disney princesses. She just absolutely owned this role. Yeah, I agree. She killed it with everything. As Ariel, her singing was just phenomenal. I really liked Papa Year Old. I thought that was. It's just fantastic. I, you know, that really showed her vocal skills and her acting as well. I really loved her performance, especially when she didn't have any speaking roles later on because she loses her voice in the story. And I thought, yeah, she just gave it really good with that. And I, I thought that was really emotional. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> that part of your world scene, the reprise went obviously, you know, I mentioned it when we talked about the original, but you know, when she's on the rock and the waves crash behind her, I swear every single hair on my body stood up. And I had like the most chills ever. I probably looked like I had like had all static electricity in my hair just up. But I felt so like it was so emotionally powerful. And the way they yeah. kind of translated that was just incredible. I mean, like, obviously, I wouldn't say this movie is the prettiest thing to look at. I think sometimes it really, really shines and <laughs> the visuals are amazing. Like, I think the best shot in the movie is probably when she comes up out of the water after getting legs for the first time and she kind of flips her hair and like the sun is setting oh yeah that is an absolutely incredible shot but there were definitely a lot of times when I w- there is definitely a, a disconnect between the visuals and like you know obviously all the cgi that they're using and the water and i think it's interesting because obviously we just got avatar the way of water where they actually film every underwater sequence 
underwater whereas this obviously they need to talk and there are other reasons why they're not doing everything underwater so obviously it's more kind of like green screen and then like composited in and i don't know how, how did that work for you the the underwater sequences and all the CGI? Uh, i mean it was very distracting <laughs> not gonna lie like <laughs> when you see javier bardem just trying to swim underwater just like you know he's trying to not walk but like using his arms <laughs> just like he's like he's moving which is just so distracting but not gonna lie there was some good cgi but there was really distracting ones like sebastian and scuttle yeah there it is there it is that was gonna there be my is, next point <laughs> there, there it is and there was a bizarre scene which we'll get into about those two me and tom looked at each other like what oh, what, 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 what was what, what was the what scene is, which scene what? okay it's when they rap oh i oh no yeah yeah i mean let, let's talk about that now why not um okay let's do it, the, let's do it. <laughs> the, obviously they're quite new songs but this this one song scuttlebutt this was written by lin-manuel miranda and it's so no ob- yeah yeah it's so obvious no! that they brought him in and they were like we need to bring the fresh talent here's lin and he's gonna give us a rap and it was That's just it. so out of oh place like it really appeared out of nowhere it doesn't sound like any of the other songs even with the other like newer songs that they've added in it was just the weirdest song ever aquafina was playing a skull when she started to rap i was like oh okay let's see where this goes it's not too distracting but it got to the point where they were rapping too fast and i was thinking wait this kind of why does this kind of sound like you know hamilton you know in a way (laughs) of like his style and now you told me that i'm like oh it all makes sense it all makes sense. sense It feels like every Disney film these days, they're like, we've got to bring in Lin, you know, whether it be like Encanto or this, or, you know, obviously like, first of all, like Moana and Mary Poppins Returns. It feels like they're like, yes, how do we give this like a, a musical edge? I know, I know what we're going to do. We're going to bring him in. And he just seems to be like on speed dial. They just click in their offices and they're like, <laughs> Lin, got to get down here right now. He's like, I'm on my way. And he just writes them something and then he moves on to the next project. It just doesn't fit. And I will say that I actually, you know, like voice acting wise, I didn't mind Aquafina or David Diggs or Jacob Tremblay in the roles of Scuttle and Sebastian and the, the other one. What's the other one called? The the, the no the flounder? the the flounder that's it <laughs> yeah I didn't mind them though like but I was really worried because you know I think like Aqu- Aquafina especially I find her to be really jarring sometimes obviously like she has great roles like the farewell and then there's also like Raya and the Last Dragon where I think she really kind of drags that movie down at times and and, and same for Shang Chi and I think this one I didn't mind her at all and I thought it was interesting that they changed Scuttle from being a seagull to like a kind of seabird that can breathe underwater which i thought was interesting because i know that a lot of people like were talking about how ridiculous it is that a a seagull can breathe underwater but it was actually a different bird yeah it was very distracting was it in the original that score just goes in underwater no no it wasn't it wasn't in the the original they only see scuttle above land yeah but i don't know how scuttle can be underwater that long i think some birds can i think some birds genuinely yeah i think that's how that works oh the more the more i learn but also it's a universe of mermaids so if the if the bird wants to breathe underwater it can breathe underwater i tell you what there was so much like it reminded me of Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio in which oh, yeah. Sebastian J. Cricket is always being abused and every time he tries to do the same song he always gets like stamped on. Sebastian in this movie is just constantly getting abused <laughs> to the point where one of his final scenes is just he's like 
okay, drop me when I say, and then Scuttle drops him, and he falls, as he falls, he's like, no, and he falls down, and it's just like, damn, that guy just gets beaten around the whole time. He's been through a lot, and I really like that they actually invested a lot of the scenes with Ariel and Eric. In the original, you got the dinner party scene, and Sebastian getting chased by the cook. Uh, yeah, they removed that completely. They, they, they removed that completely, which I really liked, because we got into some character with Ariel and Eric. I thought it was really really good like they actually mm. explored a lot more of it and i gotta say there was some shots of eric the actor's jonah hero king and there was some shots that he looked like ryan gosling for some bits i was like oh it's, it's ryan <laughs> gosling. Like, ryan you just ryan, kept ryan? everywhere you go you see his face yeah <laughs> i mean it was, it was a big mo- it was a big moment for me because when we went to go and see little mermaid it was the first time that i'd ever watched the barbie trailer like, I had avoided it so I could hopefully <laughs> only see it at the cinema, so I hadn't watched it online. And then I saw it, and it was just the great... And bearing in mind, like, this is a cinema that's just full of, like, you know, families and small children. And it's just us. Like, the, the cinema attendant gave us a very weird look when she saw that we were gonna watch Little Mermaid. And we're there for, like, oh <laughs> you know, as critics. Like, ah, uh, yes. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes. We're going to the cinema. <laughs> when the Barbie trailer came up, I was just like, yes! <laughs> like, the only person... I was very happy for you. Lightest. I was, like, tearing up. I was like, yes... Someone can finally <laughs> see the Barbie trailer. And it's funny when the cinema person who was giving us the seats and stuff, she was like, enjoy your time. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> these two 20-year-olds just like, yes, yes, we will. We're going to yes, have a great time. And we did. Trip. Like, surprisingly, like, you know, again, like, we had a great time with the movie. And yeah, yeah we on had your, a great on, time. Yeah, but, but on, your, on your point about Eric and Ariel, I like how they gave them a lot more in common. They gave the idea that... Eric and Ariel feel the same pressure from Mm. their monarch parents. Like, I don't know if we meet Eric's parents or parent in the original, but here we have his mum and, you know, you kind of see, like, the pressure that she gives on him and the things that he wants to do and the things that she won't let him do. He wants to explore the world and she won't let him. Just like how Triton won't let Ariel explore the world. And I thought that those comparisons really, really work. And when they're kind of in the study and they're looking at, like, all the different maps and stuff and, like, she's showing him, like, the the gem inside the sea rock. Stuff like that yeah. is ways that kind of like we criticized in the first film in, in the in the original that their attractions seemed mostly physical, but this time you, you get to see like they kind of hang out more. Like there's a great scene where they like all dance in this market and they're all like you know having a great time and bonding this whole time. This is just before I kiss the girl, and I just think it really really works. Like in the original, again we said this last time, but Ariel barely gets a chance to properly experience what it's like in the human world. It feels like more so she's focused on Eric, whereas this she get to see her like have a really great time yeah going through the markets and experiencing new food and yeah exploring the world i i I really like that she got to explore more eric he had a proper motivation really like he just wanted to explore the world and he didn't really save the day that is pretty good that they changed that because ariel actually saves the day against this massive kaiju ursula I can't yeah. believe they did the they did the kaiju Ursula. I was so like I was like I don't know how they're gonna do it and it's gonna work, but they actually went for it at the end. It was crazy. It was actually crazy. They actually did a really cool CGI version of the Ursula kaiju. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I really cool. liked how you know so much of it was silhouetted because like we're in a thunderstorm and the lightning is flashes of light and all that really works. Because obviously like whenever you see like the big CGI Melissa McCarthy, it's a bit like oh that's a bit it's a bit odd. But the fact that they kept it all kind of shrouded and all terrifying and and, and large and in mystery, I thought really worked. But 
Yeah, I agree. Like, I think Eric kind of gets so much more development and that puts him and Ariel together in a more kind of organic way. And also, I want to give a shout out to Grimsby, who is the greatest uh, wingman I have ever seen. <laughs> in the original, he's just like, oh, hello, sir, I've made this statue for you. And in this one, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a carriage. What carriage? Oh, let's not tell anyone. And then, like, at the end, like, when Eric gets engaged to Ursula, Grimsby, like, like kicks the ring away so he can't find it because, you know, he wants him to be happy. And when the queen's like, oh, do you know where he is? And he sees him hiding and he's like, oh, I have no idea. Like, Grimsby (laughs) is just the greatest wingman I've ever seen. He knows what he's doing then. Like, yes, he's a chad. He's trying to get Eric and Ariel to be together. And yeah, should we talk about Ursula, the villain? It it wasn't that bad or terrible or or, all of that. I thought it was all right. Like, I thought that she had a pretty good presence, but I wasn't really terrified. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't think, like, first of all, I think the effects on her were pretty difficult. Like the, you know, like the the, the kind of like the tendrils, like squid kind of like oh, legs. Yeah. What, what are they called? I don't know. Tentacles? Mm. Tent- yeah, of course. Tentacles. The, her kind of what, like tentacles. What were like, we before? What were we Tendrils? <laughs> that's, a, okay. that's a thing. Okay, we gotta move um... on from that. We gotta <laughs> move on from that now. But like, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a little bit shaky. And there's a moment at the end when she kind of like crawls towards Ariel. Like, do you know the moment I mean, like, at the wedding, like, she transforms from her beautiful, like, form into, like, her natural form, and she kind of crawls across to Ariel, and it looks just, like, really weird. Like, I think a lot (laughs) of her movements, they didn't quite know how to kind of, like, make it work. And, you know, I think Melissa McCarthy did a good job. I mean, she's she's no Pat Carroll. Poor Unfortunate Souls didn't hold a candle to the original. But I did think she ha- she held a good presence. And especially considering the other Disney live-action remakes, where the villains are so forgettable and so terrible, especially in comparison to their animated counterparts, I think she did do a good job. Yeah, I thought, yeah, she did really well. There was one scene that made me really laugh. It was when she was looking for the potion that can turn her human, and she was getting really mad, and she was about to have <laughs> oh, yeah. a massive meltdown. She was like, really, really getting angry she's like no i can't take i need to find it and then the potion actually floats down to her and he's like oh i'm fine guys don't worry (laughs) yeah she's like no oh here it is like i love that she was properly hamming it up she wasn't trying to do her own thing too drastically and she was just like yeah no this is a stupid goofy character and i'm gonna play it you know with as much goofiness as it deserves and i think yeah like that stuff really did work it was brilliant and, like, we, we definitely also, like, explore the idea of humans and mermaids in this. Like, there's a lot of, like, the humans thinking about, like, oh, the the sea gods and, and stuff like that. And I thought that was an, another, like, interesting level to bring in. The idea of not only are the mermaids a bit wary of the humans, but the humans are also wary of the mermaids. There is something interesting about that. And it... <laughs> It culminates in this moment at the end when all the mermaids kind of come and see off Ariel and Eric as they go on their adventure. And they're like, you know, they're kind of like rowing away and then like Eric sees something in the distance and Ariel looks and we just cut to Javier Bardem (laughs) just in the water. It's the funniest thing. Just there, like just like a mid shot of him just in the water. And, you know, considering that the whole time he's kind of been under the water, then just seeing him just there. And we're not even... Even like, you know, we don't see him emerge or anything. We're not seeing any kind of wide shots where all the mermaids come up and he comes up at the end. It's just him. He's just there, just floating as if he's just in a completely different place. And it was just the most stupid thing ever. It's just Javier Bardem just floating in the sea with his King Triton's cosplay. And he's just floating there. He looks very sad. He's like, I used to be in No Country for Old Men. (laughs) 
I used to do real movies, so now I'm I here. was sugar. Do you know who <laughs> I was? <laughs> you gotta say, like, even though you can tell that some of the actors are phoning it in, I do appreciate the fact that they are memorable in their own ways, even though you can tell that people like Javier Bardem aren't really having the best time. But again, like, when you're kind of going up against such a great cast as you have in the original, it's difficult, but I think they still do a really good job. Yeah, and wait, Tom. Yes. I'm just looking at the cast list. Uh-huh. Somehow, Lynn manuel Miranda is in the film. Of course he is. Who? Who did he play? It's unknown. <laughs> oh my god. Did he play Max? Was he the dog this whole time? And you could just see him just like, okay, who do I want to be? And he's like, um, you could be Max, the, the dog. And then you would just <laughs> take the role. You would just... <laughs> Imagine yeah. if he was... King Triton, and they gave Triton a rap. Like when he's destroying Ariel's like cave, he just starts rapping. <laughs> and then you get Eminem's "Lose Yourself" beat. And it's just like him just trying to destroy this cave. Oh, oh my god! god. Uh... I mean, w- that has to happen now, right? Like we gotta, oh, <laughs> we gotta no... make it another remake. Yeah, but overall, this film was really strong. It's a really fun film, especially mm. when we got to Under the Sea, and it was really fun. We've just been through this underwater CGI. I mean, like, Halle Bailey is just killing it, but I feel like the CGI, we're not seeing it much, really. But then, Sebastian, with the Under the Sea song, which was just changing up the whole vibe. In the cinema, we were just, like, bopping to it. We were just, like, just a really good tune. It was very nice, the whole sequence. I really liked it. Yeah, I think they did all the original songs really, really well. Kiss the Girl as well. Like, I remember oh. that scene being released like as a clip and a lot of people were kind of you know really disappointed with it but i think in context and once you've kind of you know gone through the rest of the film it really really works a lot of the stuff underwater is very difficult because when you're in animation you don't have the disconnect between the cgi and the live action person it's just everything is animation and so it all fits seamlessly but in this obviously it does feel a bit weird seeing like you know the people who have been composited in and it makes me think maybe they should have done a bit more of what james cameron did and filmed some more of it underwater I know that obviously you can't have the actors talk underwater, but I think a lot of the shots could have benefited from having that more realism to it. And obviously the ocean can look as beautiful as they make it look. I think the techniques they used in Avatar would have been amazing to see. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really expect Disney to be putting in that much effort (laughs) into one of their remakes because at the end of the day, this is a very simple cash cow for them. Which is interesting because this movie, you know, it's not doing as well as the other live action remakes did released in cinemas. So that, that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how what kind of knock-on effect this has when I would argue that this is much more worth watching than Aladdin or The Lion King which were huge 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 in 2019 all of the original stuff they really kind of nail and, and the songs really fit that vibe there was one new song that they added that I just thought was really funny which is Eric has a little song where he's kind of like talking <laughs> like he's like singing on the rocks and I'd already seen a review beforehand from Daniel J. Layton where he makes the comparison of Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia <laughs> when he yells at Donna at the end of The Winner Takes It All and he's just kind of like Donna! Like and it, that was exactly what the song from Eric was and the the whole time i just couldn't stop thinking about that so thanks dan that was incredible uh and yes like stuff like that i wasn't taking it too seriously and i really enjoyed it and you can all see that the, the crowd were enjoying it too all like the kids in the audience some of the younger kids were obviously like scared of stuff like ursula but i think mostly the kids really had a good time and that's what it's about at the end of the day a lot of this really does hit exactly the way that it should yeah it was a very very fun film there's a lot that goes into it. I'm glad that they done a faithful adaptation to it. 
It's funny when you look on Twitter and you see Hallie and Jonah training for the film. And it's funny because yeah. you see Hallie using this neck exercise, weights, I don't know. It's all like core strength, isn't it? Yeah, core strength. And then Jonah, <laughs> he was just like on this thing and he was just like kneeling forward. He was just like standing like this. I'm like, what, what are they training for in this film? Is it for the underwater scenes? Is it just... Yeah, like, she has to, like, lift him up. Like, there's, like, behind the scenes of, like, when they're, like, above the waves. And she's, like, lifting him up. And that's, like, you know, that's really, like, impressive. Like, you know, you consider the height difference between the two. And obviously she's in a rig half the time when she's kind of swimming about. And it's, like, man... The training that went into that, you know, you gotta you gotta think that she's just jacked now. Yeah, and there's a lot that goes into this. And another bit behind the scenes was when there's like these group of CGI, you know, when people are dressed in blue or in green to like yeah, yeah, yeah. move sets. There's one shot <laughs> of Ellie and then she's on one of the CGI guys who is like as like a turtle in this scene, it's for under the sea. And it was only used for one shot, only for 10 seconds <laughs> and it was the 10 10 of these guys punched on the floor using their arms as the turtle hands it was just so funny it was They're just, just rocking so backward and forward it's yeah, like walking it back that weird forward. kind of disconnect between the cgi creatures and you know the real actors who are in the situation it's just brilliant yeah i just can't stop thinking about javier bardem just floating in the sea <laughs> <laughs> that's the main takeaway from this movie folks javier bardem floating in the sea Having a crisis of identity. Just like, why am I here? Just to <laughs> suffer every day. No, Just um... to suffer. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, what are you going to give the 2023 Little Mermaid out of 10? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to also go for a 7. Fun time. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're listening on YouTube and you enjoyed it, you can leave a like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're doing The Flash, the long-awaited Flash movie, which, you know, has had so much press. Is it the best superhero movie ever? Tom Cruise guess said we will it. See. It was amazing. Tom Cruise said it's going to save cinema. And then and Stephen King. Stephen... Even Stephen King said that it was the greatest thing he's ever seen ever. And you can send us an email at outsidefilmbot at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts on The Flash and ask us any questions and we'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. And you can follow us on Instagram at outsidefilmpod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asfell and on Twitter for more thoughts from me. And you can find links to all that in the description below. Thanks to L. Jones Mayer for the excellent theme and Ronan Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. Yeah, thank you for listening. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>